This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. We're eventually going to record today. I know it's been a long, tedious journey to get to this point, but hey, we're doing a lot of stuff we don't normally do when we're recording the Grown Up Rock episodes today, right? That's right, because you know we had to have a meeting ahead of time that you have to test a bunch of shit. <laughs> yep, I had to have a meeting. We had to test. We had to get the board of directors involved. We had three short people, two midgets, and four fire-breathing dragons. <laughs> I think all of that's politically incorrect probably <laughs> but as long as we tied into dungeons and dragons we're fine there you go all right so we're here at volume three of the 250 list today once again if you're new to the podcast i'll tell you that the 250 list is a regular series that we're visiting and it's an article that was written by bobby caron for xs rock website it was originally published in november of 2021 and he shared 250 hard rock and metal bands that were just short of making it. And a lot of the bands that he shared, I felt like were deeper cut bands. There's a few more well-known bands on here. But uh, Sonny and I decided to start digging into this list and going through the 250 list, both sharing in each episode five bands, what we thought of those bands, why did they make it? Why did they not make it? And share a little bit of music from each one of those bands. So that's what this episode is all about. Uh, we've already gone through. So this is volume three. So we've already shared 20 bands thus far, as we do with most of these episodes. Before we get too deep in the sticks with this one, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from a band called Scam. A band called Scam. Anyway, this band, they released a two-part anthology, making up their fourth full-length release. It's an official now on Golden Robot Records. The album consists of both an earlier released EP and now this new one. So the EP was called Intra, and this is called Venus. So it's Intra Venus. And this is a song that kicks off this album called Circles. Check it out.
Okay, so I didn't know anything about this band. Checked it out today. Felt very alt-rock to me. It's a good song. I probably need to give this album a full listen because I liked most of it. That alt-rock doesn't always turn me off, so I liked most of it. And I listened to it a couple times. I'm like, oh, maybe I should give the album a shot. So I just got to give the album a shot. Yeah, I really liked the riff a lot. That's what grabbed me. And I sort of see from the guy's voice, maybe the alt-rock thing. It definitely feels a little bit more modern as opposed to a band from the 80s. But the riff is definitely that hard power rock kind of riff from the 80s. Band was formed in 2011. They're a hard rock power trio uh, from the middle of England. They have a reputation for delivering no-nonsense, gutsy, classic-sounding British rock, according to their bio. They're, at this point, considered to be at the forefront of the new wave of classic rock movement. I'm sure every band probably has that in their bio, but I actually like this song, and I actually like a lot of the material that I've heard on the record. So again, the uh, band is Scam, and it's spelled S-K-A-M, because you got to spell the name differently, right, Pooney? Yeah, I guess you could have added some other letters to it, like two M's. Or, I don't know, like a Z in the middle or, yeah, whatever. But we couldn't spell it S-C-A-M. That just wouldn't have been rock and roll, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Just, God, these bands want to stay away from the 80s. They don't want to hear about the 80s, and then they do everything that 80s does. So, whatever. (laughs) Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Okay, so getting to the episode, as Stephen shared, we each share five bands. I want to share my first two, and then I want to get your thoughts, Stephen. So the first one I want to share today is Axel Rudy Pell. So if you don't know who Axel is, German guitar shredder, over 20 studio albums, been around since 89. Smart guy, because he's got a lot of instrumentals out there, but he understands that vocal melody is important, so he has a singer. He's had three main singers over his tenure, Rob Rock, Jeff Scott Soto, Johnny Gioli. So obviously you guys know Jeff Scott Soto. We talk about him all the time. Johnny Gioli, if you don't know, he's in Hardline. So if you haven't heard Axel and you want to know kind of what the music sounds like, here's what he said. And I quote, my music is about a knight in shining armor going on various adventures. Each album continues one new quest after the other. And the songs are gold as separate stories. Close quote. The same. Who are we? We are the keepers of the sacred words. Peng and Niwom. Those who hear them seldom live to tell the tale. The knights who say Ni demand a sacrifice. Knights of Ni, we are but simple travelers who seek the enchanter who lives beyond these woods. Ni, 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 Ni,
Well, what is it you want? We want a shrubbery! A what? Please, please, no more! We will find you a shrubbery. You must return here with a shrubbery, or else you will never pass through this world alive! Oh, knights of me, you are just and fair, and we will return with a shrubbery. One that looks nice. Of course. And not too expensive. Yes. So, to me, that is a straight-up dictionary definition of Dungeons and Dragons metal. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> now that being said, most of the time I don't like this stuff. But one, Jeff Scott Soto's involved, so it got me interested. And two, there is like an invade neoclassical thing in there, so it does get me interested. If you want to try it, most of his stuff is on Spotify. Here's the three songs I would tell you to start with: Streets of Fire from 1992's Eternal Prisoner, and the singer on that one is Jeff Scott Soto. Voodoo Night from 2000's Masquerade Ball, and the singer on that one is Johnny Gioli, or this one that we're going to spin for you real quick here called Nasty Reputation, and this one has Rob Rock on vocals. Okay, going with my second pick today, and I didn't know them, so one of the things that we decided to do was, well, not decided to do, sooner or later, you're going to get to this part of this 250 list, and you don't know who the band is. So I didn't want, like, the last, you know, three or four episodes we do to be all bands I didn't know, so I figured I'd pepper them in. So Shock Paris, of course, is S-H-O-K Paris. (laughs) I didn't know them. They hail from Cleveland, Ohio. Didn't know that either was around since 1982, has four real studio albums, Go for the Throat in 84, Steel and Starlight in 87, Concrete Killer in 89, Full Metal Jacket in 2020. So from 89 to 2009, band was on a hiatus. Today, the band members are Ken Herb on guitar. He's the only original left. Vix Hicks on vocals, who's been the vocalist since the first album. Ed Stevens on bass, Donovan Kanega on drums, and the other guitar player is John, I'm just going to say K. Uh, the feel of the songs and Vic's vocal is very heavy metal, I would say. Uh, sometimes I refer to that as power metal. Shock Paris is available on Spotify if you want to check them out. The album art's really cool. Music-wise, I tried all the Steel and Starlight. I only liked Rocked Out of Love. Then I figured maybe 89's Concrete Killer would be more melodic. Uh, nope, it was more thrash. Only song I liked on that one was The Heat and the Fire. 
Then I tried 2020's album, Full Metal Jacket, figured that they would actually learn something and realized they just do not know how to be melodic. Here's the title track called Full Metal Jacket. Check it out. For me, it was kind of meh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I always get Shock Paris and Slick Toxic mixed up. Oh, Slick Toxic is good. There's no reason to mix it up. I think it's the name because it's sort of short like that, and it's it's also misspelled. And so that's probably what it is. But I'm going to agree with you on that part that the Slick Toxic much better than Shock Paris. I'm excited that a band called Shock Paris is from the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. That It wasn't for me. I tried it, and I don't know much about this band. I've heard the name, so they weren't – it wasn't completely foreign to me. But, um, yeah, I, I just – I didn't love it. So, that's all I can say. I probably liked Rock Out of Love more than the other two songs, but it was meh. Axel Rudy Pell, been around forever, knew the name, didn't know any of the music, at least none that I can recall. For whatever reason, I never dove into his music. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that he had different singers on these three songs that you named. Who are the singers on, on those three songs? You already said that Bob Rock's a guy on uh, Nasty Reputation. Yeah, so you obviously weren't listening earlier, but I'll repeat. Nasty Reputation is Rob Rock. Streets of Fire is Soto. Voodoo Night is Jolie. Okay, got it. Yeah. I, I often tune you out. You should know that by now. Yeah. <laughs> That's not anything new to the listeners. So, yeah, you know, musically, I kind of liked it all. They're just, I, I don't know, melody-wise, and it didn't grab me, I guess, is the, is the point. Musically, though, I thought it was good. He's He definitely has... Um, some different flavors in his playing. He can shred, but he can also play tasteful stuff as well. I mean, it was okay. I don't know if I would seek it out at this point, but it wasn't offensive to me, I suspect. Yeah, it was just a little too late, right? Like when Ingve was having success with Trilogy, if Axel comes out in 86, he probably gets pushed in the U.S. But by the time he hits it, it's 89. And the U.S. is pushing Whitesnake. The U.S. ain't going to push a neoclassical guitar player. Yeah, he'd have probably done really well to get himself hooked up with one of those big bands and go out and get as a hired gun, you know, and then get his name out there a little bit more. Yeah. That would have probably helped him a lot. So on to my first couple of bands. The first one that I'm going to talk about is the band Treat. These guys have been around forever. They're on Monsters of Rock cruise this year for the first time. I've already seen a few comments. It's like 
they're going to steal the week and all this other stuff. So we'll see. They're definitely a band that I'm going to seek out. I do like their latest release. Their last four releases have been pretty strong. They've got several studio albums out there. They're on Spotify. You're welcome to go check them out. Uh, The songs that I would say check out is a song called Don't Miss the Misery, All In, and this one off their latest record. This song's called Rabbit Hole. Chain and boring for the creeper. I got a brand new trick to fool the Grim Reaper. Okay, so pretty straight ahead, melodic rock there. So on to my next band. So the next band is called Black Eyed Susan. Don't go on Spotify and look for this because they have a Black Eyed Susan on Spotify and it is not this band and doesn't sound anything like this band. So this band was put together, if I'm not mistaken, Dizzy Dean from Britney Fox. When he left the band, he started this new band called Black Eyed Susan. They're just kind of a bluesy, sort of old Aerosmithy type band, but to me, they just they don't have as much punch as Aerosmith had. Uh, they're a little bit too slower paced. But I know Dizzy Dean was a big fan of this stuff, so I would say check out like Satisfaction, Holiday, and this song I'm gonna play called Old Lady Snow. Check it out. So let's start with Tree. Steal the week. Uh, calm down, everybody. Eclipse is on the boat. They ain't stealing the week. <laughs> okay. But anyway, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing them. Have never seen them. I really like the last album. Uh, Rabbit holds off that last album. So I like that song. I thought All In was okay. And I don't miss the mystery. It was okay. All three choruses are very, very poppy. 
So if somebody wants to try those three songs, you get a really good idea of what Tree's all about. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Black Eyed Susan. Believe it or not, I actually own this album. Why do I own this album? Because when it came out, because I didn't like Britney Fox, but when it came out, they were comparing it to Cinderella. And I was thinking, Night Song Cinderella. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> God, I do not like this. Satisfaction is really the only song I like on that album. That old lady snow thing, it's okay. Holiday's okay. How long is okay. But there's a lot of honky tonk piano and blah, blah, blah. And the minute you said old Aerosmithy, oh, shit, I should throw that shit out my car window tomorrow. It's funny because, you know, Brittany Fox has been lumped in with Cinderella since day one just because they were from the same area. They knew each other. They were from the same area. They all had big hair. So I sort of get the comparison. But musically, to me anyway, they never sounded anything like Cinderella. And then they were never to the level of Cinderella, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, yeah, he's got a little bit of rasp to his voice, but he's pretty huge Steven Tyler fan. You can hear that in his delivery and in his uh, sound. I don't know. They just they never did that much for me. I didn't love this album when it first came out, and it's not a surprise that they never progressed beyond what they are today. And I'm taking the exact same approach that uh, you are taking with this 250 list for the very same reason. Uh, that you stated earlier, which is I'm peppering in bands that I don't like or don't know much about, if anything, just so we don't get to the end. And it's all bands that, you know, I just I've never even heard of. So for me, I've obviously heard a treat. I own some of treat, but Black Eyed Susan, I do have this record. And I remember not liking it at the very beginning when it was first released. And to be honest, that's the last time I listened to this record before uh, this latest uh, episode. So there you go. I will say it's not just your opinion. It's everybody's opinion that they were not as big as Cinderella. And I think I read somewhere Dizzy and Tom were in a band together before Cinderella got put together. Makes sense. I think. 
Yeah, so I don't know. All right, my next two. So we're going to start with a band called Law & Order. Again, don't know them, never heard a lick of them. Hailing from Staten Island, uh, they released two albums in the late 80s, early 90s, and then a third one in the 2000s. Problem here is when a band does not decide what genre they want to be in, they really hurt themselves. And these guys had kind of a minor hit with, on one of the albums, they had uh, Leonard Skinner's Needle in the Spoon. They did that, but it still wasn't big enough to get them noticed. They did a couple of tours with Pearl Jam and Blind Melon. So there you go, right? Right out of the gate. They do a cover of Leonard Skinner, and they go on tour with Pearl Jam and Blind Melon. And I get it. Those are two huge tours in the early 90s. But their music is all over the place, and that's part of the problem. Now, the problem is is that their music isn't really depressing enough to connect with the grunge fans and isn't happy enough to connect with the hair metal fans. So they're kind of stuck in the middle. So they declare bankruptcy. They get out of their contract with MCA, disband. Now, the three members at the time were Shane on lead vocals, Phil A on guitars, and Sean C on bass, Robin S on drums. I didn't like a ton of the music. It wasn't really super catchy to me, but the three songs I would try if you want to get a taste, which three songs I thought were okay. One is When It All Comes Down and Like Animals, which are both off of 2004's The Glass House, and that one's on Spotify. But my favorite song out of all of them was a song called Say You Love Me, which is off the debut album, and that one's only available off YouTube. So here is a little bit of Say You Love Me. My next pick, we're going to go with a classic here, at least in the rock groups. You could call it a super group. We're going to talk about HSAS. Why would it be a super group? Sammy Hagar on lead vocals. He's between Three Lockbox and VOA at the time. Neil Sean on guitar. He's between Frontiers and Raised on Radio at the time. Kenny Harrison on bass. This is before he did Billy Idol. Um, he did Blue Oyster Cult. He did Brian Setzer. And then Michael Shreve on drums which was in Santana with Kenny for a while. So this is basically a Bay Area band. Now, of course, I know Neil and I know Sammy, but Kenny and Mike, I didn't know a ton about. Before they even got Kenny on base, they tried to get Tom Peterson, and I guess Tom told them, I'm too busy. He told Neil and Sammy, no thanks, in 1984. Wow. Okay. They were supposed to have Denny Carmisi on drums. Denny needed to pay bills, so he decided to join Hart. So that's how they ended up with Mike and Kenny to begin with. They released one album, Through the Fire, 84, included a cover of Procol Harum's A Wider Shade of Pale, 
which is the only official single. That's got Sammy written all over it. That is a Sammy decision right there. Sound-wise, these guys are all over the place. Even though the other eight songs are written by just Hagar and Neil, they don't like hit one solid place. Then you top that off with, Sammy should not sing songs that are titled Valley of the Kings. Just doesn't sound right for a Sammy vocal. Too psychedelic. Now, this album's on Spotify. So here's the three songs I would tell you to check out that are actually good songs. Missing You, which is a 100% Sammy feel. Hot and Dirty, which sounds like Sammy. And Top of the Rock, which sounds like it could have been plucked right off a three-lot box. Here's a little bit of Top of the Rock. I've taken a lot of lip Just to be what I am You think it's tough being a kid huh. Well, try being a man sometimes Shoot you down Well I just tell him Sit on this And spin around Yeah Woo Okay, <laughs> so let's start with Law and Order. This is a band I've never heard of. Uh, don't know the There's first. There's a reason. Yeah, don't know the first <laughs> thing about that. You stated a whole bunch of issues with this band. Issue is this. The issue is that. The issue is, Sonny, that they're shitty. <laughs> That's the issue. You can stop all the rest of it because the issue is they're not good. That music is not good. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, HSAS. So, I'm a lot like you. I was coming off of being a Sammy fan from Standing Hampton and Three Lock Box which made me a Sammy fan. And, uh, of course I was a journey fan already. So I was in, I didn't know anything about the other two guys. So I'm a lot like you in that respect. So I went out and actually got this cassette when it came out. Cause I, you know, Hey, there's fire on the cover, Sammy and Neil together. And this is one of the first, like sort of super groups that I remember back in the day. Like, I don't remember a whole bunch of super groups the way they are later on, but, this was a super group. In fact, I don't even know that I'd heard that term before. Uh, not that they were the first, but just saying that's how it was promoted. So I went out, got this cassette, put it on top of the rocks. First song. Okay. It's all right. It's not too bad. Pretty much after that, the cassette flew out my window into a wall and busted into a thousand pieces because I didn't really like much else off this record. Uh, no, honestly, I probably just returned it to the record store and got something else. And, uh, it was a cassette, but yeah, 
it just it it didn't do much for me at all and going back and listening to this record uh recently to get ready for this episode i thought okay maybe maybe my taste have changed maybe i liked it but not really it's just not rock enough for me there's not enough big riffs and stuff like that in it and uh i just i don't i don't love it so i'll stick by my decision and sammy sounds great it's just the songwriting is not that great yeah, it's really not. It's a little bit disjointed and it's just not, you know, Neil Sean's one of the big names in the band. And to me, the guitar sort of takes a backseat here, which you would think in a solo type project with both him and Sammy, it would be a little bit more out front, but it wasn't. And, you know, this is where in the journey camp, Steve Perry's about to take over all duties, basically right of decision making. If Steve was hearing this shit, coming out of Neil during Frontiers and said, no, 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 then I got to say Steve was right. Well, this is, if I'm not mistaken, I may be, but I thought that maybe this was one of the projects that Neil went and did while Steve was doing the solo record, or this is the one that pushed him over the edge for Steve to go do the solo record. Yeah, the same timing. I think this is getting recorded as either Steve is recording his or Steve's about to make a decision. And I think for Neil, he's like, look, I'm not doing Journey stuff. And we all know Neil was super pissed that Steve was putting Journey stuff on his album. Mm -hmm. Right? Journey type stuff. It wasn't written by Neil. But man, that first Steve Perry album, that could straight up be Journey. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. And then there was nothing after that. (laughs) (laughs) The rest was not after that. Just chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight! Oh man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, so on to my second set of bands. So I'm going to start with a band that I've definitely championed here on the podcast before. I like this band a lot, especially the first two albums. After the first two albums, they really go off in a different direction with the third album and just 
you know, try to take advantage of the industrial wave and all that stuff. And I don't know. I just, uh, I didn't dig it, but their first two albums for me personally are great. And they even ended up switching singers after the first album, which is hard to do for a band that's so young like that. But I'm talking about shotgun Messiah. I would love to see this band reunite and play on more. That would be killer. But their first two albums are just really, really good. You know, if you're not familiar with Shotgun Messiah, I would say check out the songs Don't Care About Nothing and Heartbreak Boulevard. Band is from Sweden or Denmark. I can't remember which. I know they're from over in that uh, Nordic area somewhere. But I use this song when I'm trying to EQ out my audio in the car. I absolutely love this song. Check out a little sex, drugs, and rock and roll. so my next band so you heard me talk about shotgun messiah just before and they had a singer change the original singer in shotgun messiah was a guy named zinni zan well zinni zan left shotgun messiah tim tim took over tim tim zinni zan what's up with these names anyway (laughs) tim tim bass player took over for zinni zan and sang on that second shotgun messiah record which sex drugs and rock and roll which you just heard that was him singing tim tim well the original singer went out on his own and formed a band called zan clan again the guy's name is zinni zan and he released a record called where zan clan who the fuck are you and that record is straight up pretty much shotgun messiah uh sound and stuff so check out these three songs high speed junkie can't get you and this song called go 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 I'm out of- 
All right, so Shotgun Messiah, you know, you've pimped this band to me before. Sex, Drug, and Rock and Roll, love the lifestyle. I thought the song was meh. But I really like Heartbreak Boulevard. Like, I liked that song, and off the first album, I liked Nervous. So, and I thought Don't Care About Nothing was okay. I actually like Zan Clan better, to be honest. They had this uh, other album, Citizen of Wasteland. Yeah. I tried to listen to it, it on YouTube. It was very tinny, so I don't know if it was a demo or whatever. But when I got to the one that was on Spotify, I thought Go 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 was really good. I thought Deja Vu was really good. I thought the cover they did for Surrender was pretty good. And I thought High Speed Junkie and uh, that other song we were talking about, Can't Get You, was pretty good. So I actually like Zan Clan better than I like Shotgun Messiah. Yeah, the problem with Zan Clan is they were pretty inconsistent. I didn't like that Citizen Wasteland. I'm not even sure that's the same band, to be honest, but you would think there's not more than one Zan Clan out there. Anyway, <laughs> I like Shotgun Messiah overall. I pretty much like all the songs on those first two records. Heartbreak Boulevard's great. Don't care about nothing. Bop City, it's all good. Uh, so, you know, definitely that first Zane Clan record is worth owning, especially if you're a Shotgun Messiah fan. And if you like the Zane Clan record and you're able to find it, good for you because they're pretty limited in being able to find that record. Uh, but if you like it, then you can definitely go after those first two Shotgun Messiah records, and I think you'll be okay. Okay, so for my final band, a band I, again, didn't know called Torme, band featured Irish guitarist Bernie Torme, who passed away in 2019, uh, a few years ago, so rest in peace. He was originally in Ian Gillen's band after Ian left Deep Purple, but felt he wasn't getting paid enough, so he went to go start his own thing. This band also had Phil Lewis. Yes, that Phil Lewis, L.A. Guns. Bassist Chris Heelman, who later later played for Shark Island, and drummer Ian Whitewood. So technically, Torme recorded three studio albums. First one was released in 85, called Back to Babylon. Then they released Pretty Die Young, and Demolition Ball. Demolition Ball, by the time they get to that, Phil has left to go to LA Guns. I tried Back to Babylon and Pretty Die Young, and the guitar's tone and the feel of the music kind of feels generally like garage rock, almost punk at times. Like the riffs are pretty fast. The second record is a little catchier, but none of the songs like super hook me. But if you want to check them out, and it's interesting to hear Phil early in the days, try these three songs, Eyes of the World, ready and this song off the second record actually called sex action but it is not the la guns version of sex action here's a little bit of that clip
Okay. <laughs> so the L.A. gun sex action is way better. Yeah. Way better. So one thing that I realized from listening to these three songs is, one, I just don't really love Phil Lewis's voice. Really? You know what? Maybe he became better with L.A. Guns because I never remember any of the L.A. Guns annoying me. I never thought he was the greatest singer in the world. Don't get me wrong, but he was suited for that kind of sleazy sound and everything. But on these Torme records, I no, I didn't love it at all. I didn't love any of that stuff. And the one thing Sonny didn't mention, of course, is that Bernie Torme actually took over for Randy Rhodes when he was killed in the plane crash for a couple of gigs. And that didn't work out at, at all. And the reason it didn't work out is because he had already had a record deal in place for this album that came out in 85 because it was happening right around the same time as Ozzy was getting ready to prepare for the recording of Speak at the Devil. So ended up Brad Gillis came in and took over for Bernie Torme. Bernie Torme, Ozzy never wanted him. This was something that his father-in-law forced upon him. His father-in-law from Jet Records, Sharon's dad, right? Don Arden was his name. Yeah. So I just, I didn't love the songs from Torme. And that's probably why I never went any further with that. Uh, because I, I, this is the first time I've heard it. So I've never heard any of that stuff previously. All right, so going on to my last uh, band that I plucked off this list, it was a band I knew absolutely nothing about. I still don't know anything about. And when you hear the music, you're going to understand why I didn't go any farther to find out anything about this band. (laughs) But the band is called Slave Raider. And upon first listen, I thought, okay, well, it sounds okay. But I just sort of perused the record quickly and then picked three songs that I thought were okay, but then I went back and started listening to the record. And yeah, it's not good at all. So the three songs that I thought were okay is a song called Bye Bye Baby, a song called Wrecking Machine, and this one I'm going to play real quick called Their Rock and Roll in Heaven. It probably should be Their's Rock and Roll in Heaven, but I think it's called Their Rock and Roll in Heaven. Anyway, check out this band, Slave Raider. Okay, so I didn't know this band either. What I normally do with a band I don't know is I start with some research. First thing I read is they have a song called Youngblood, which was in the movie The Paper. 
The Paper is one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? I don't know if you've ever seen it. Have you ever seen That's it? That's the news uh, newspaper yeah. thing, right? Yep. The line of the century. You are so fucking fired when Glenn Close fires Michael Keaton. That's it's right. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Or <laughs> I remember this part where Michael King goes, minor derailment. All right. So great movie, by the way. I got to see that movie. I haven't seen it in ages. Oh, my God. So great. So I'm like, all right, this band can't be that bad. Oh, man, was I wrong? <laughs> Good look. Dude, even their look is beyond ridiculous for the 80s. The whole eye patch thing, <laughs> the whole pirate thing. Like, I didn't like anything, including the song was that's in the paper. And I don't even know where that song is. But now I'm going to be looking for it the next time I watch that movie. Yeah. When we do these lists, for me anyway, it becomes apparent why they, you know, why they weren't bigger than what they are. Sometimes it's uh, timing. Sometimes it's management. Uh, sometimes it's just they don't have that special sauce. And sometimes it's just they're shitty. <laughs> yeah. Know? Not everyone could just write a rock song. That's right. Like, it doesn't work that way. No. You have to attract something. I mean, all the record companies can put money behind you and push you and put you in front of people. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the product to attract people, then you're not going to make it, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I love doing these 250 list. Uh, it definitely uh, exposes and puts a light on uh, some lesser known things that we don't always talk about. So, uh, uh, once again, the 250 list is a list that was, uh, it's an article that was done by Bobby Caron for XS Rock website and i'll put all the links in the show notes and send everything to the 250 list so you can look at it for yourself but uh that's uh that's what it is all right so let's connect it to kiss you wanted the best and you got the best the hottest band in the world kiss it's time for your historic moment on growing up rock so for the historic moment, let's go with one of Steven's favorite bands, good old Black and Blue. Black and Blue made the 250 list, hailing from Portland, Oregon. For the Super Kiss nerds, obviously there's tons of connections between Black and Blue and Kiss. Tommy Thayer, the incumbent space band, was the guitar player and, the, and one of the main songwriters of Black and Blue through their heyday. Jamie St. James, the lead singer for Black and Blue, played uh, the Peter Chris role in the Kiss tribute, Cold Gin, where Tommy was the fake ace of Cold Gin. And there's a ton of other connections, which includes The Demon. Yes, Gene Simmons co-produced a couple of Black and Blue records in the 80s. So we could have picked a number of Black and Blue tunes that were co-written by Gene. But obviously, most aren't that great. No, bumpkin. So if you're wondering why Black and Blue is on the 250 list, this is why. Because they could have had better songs. But here's an okay one to me. From an album called In Heat, released in 1988, written by Jamie St. James, rhythm guitarist Jeff Warner, and Gene Simmons from KISS, here is Live It Up. Enjoy. Show. 
That's Jeff Whoop Warner to you, Pooney. Whatever, dude. <laughs> the Whoop got lost in the shitty songwriting, to be honest. No, bumpkin. Pooney and I don't share the same opinion of black and blue. I've always liked black and blue. I like their records. I like pretty much all their records. And this is a good record as well. So I don't uh, share his sentiments. And they are on the 250 list. And I'm more than positive that I'll be covering them as part of my selections at some point during these series. But live it up. This is the one that supposedly he sold Domino from, correct? Yeah, supposedly. Yeah. All right. Are you at least surprised that Black and Blue is on a list with Shock Paris? No, I'm definitely not. You wouldn't put Black and Blue on the, the rat level? No, of course not. Of course not. And and other bands that are on this list, I wouldn't put Black and Blue in the same league as a Shock Paris. I think they're definitely, they did better than them. But at the same time, they're definitely not like on a rat level. Come on. Yes, they belong on this list. I have no problem with them being on the 250 list, especially given some of the other bands. But by far, if you take away the supergroup HSAS, by far, I think that probably Black and Blue was the most successful out of all the bands that we've talked about in this 250 volume, for sure. Uh, I would agree with that in the U.S. I can probably say worldwide, Axel Rudy Pell is probably sold several albums because he's got a lot of stuff out there yeah the point is slave raider's not going to be getting any grammys <laughs> slave raider didn't even sell any albums to their own parents like that's how bad they are <laughs> oh my god all right so that's that's this episode for you we who hope- is it usually it's, it's usually alan right so slave raider do you want to join our podcast soon? <laughs> <laughs> who what are you saying say that again remember how alan usually after those guys take a shot at somebody alan usually says so you want to be on our podcast oh yeah yeah you tell about the guys from ages of rock yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well we won't be having slave raider on our podcast anytime soon i'm sure uh so yeah good luck but yeah all right uh, another volume of uh the 250 list in the books uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode always comes with a little bit of humor and maybe some music that you haven't heard about puny you have uh anything to add to uh this uh week's episode before we get up on out of here thanks for listening and uh let us know if you really like one of these bands watch we're gonna get like the lead singer of Slave Raider sent us something. Yeah, or Slave Raider was my favorite band in the 80s. We can't believe you guys don't like them. Something yeah. something like that. Yeah. You guys you guys hate everything you talk about. That is not yeah. true. I would like to point out that this list was not my favorite, but I do like Treat a lot and I love Shotgun Messiah. I like the Zinni Zan and I like Black and Blue. So, see that I didn't hate everything. And I'm sure we'll get a comment that says I saw Slave Raider Shock Paris open for Chris Holmes once, and they were awesome. (laughs) All right. Before we get ourselves in any more trouble, we will see you all next week or better off talk to you all next week. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.